ghost in you. Ooh. Hi there. Hi, Miss Ebony. Hello. Can you see me? Because right now I'm trying dark. Oh, yeah, I can. Let's see. Let's put that right there. Why don't you uh, let's open this. Hi, Roxanne. <laughs> okay, can you see me? Uh-oh. Can anyone hear me? Okay, let's see. Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear Okay. No. If you move that over here and open it up, ask to start video, ask to unmute. Aren't you seeing everybody? Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Can you hear me now? She still can't hear me. Can't see you. Okay, I can see you. All right. beautiful. That's half the battle. Can you I hear can't me? I can hear you. Okay. Okay, try again. Can you hear me now? It helps when you turn up the computer, which my volume was turned down. <laughs> okay, so you can hear me now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay, perfect. Oh, That's gosh. You know, I had to slick down, you know. Mm. No, I understand. Don't worry. Don't worry. I totally get it. All right. I'm going to pull this back over so that I can see what's happening. Hi, Miss Hannah. Hey, Karen. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Ebony, where are you? I am at Hannah's house. 
Um, oh, okay. Because, yeah, because, you know, all the remodeling and stuff that's going on at our house, I didn't want it to be a bunch of banging. Oh, cool. I get it. I get it. I don't think I can do noise reduction with my software. <laughs> did, you try, did you try your uh, microphone? I did try my microphone. It, tonight is not the platform to test it out, believe me. <laughs> I don't know it. But I have the microphone, I have my speakers, I have all of that. So, and I, I'm testing out a couple of software, different software. So, got it. Okay. Yeah. Good Lord. All right. I am going to also see, test out. Let's just see. I'm wondering if you should send me the PowerPoint slide to Kayla and then I can post it. Okay. I was just getting ready to say, um, are you going to share it? Because I just tried to share it and it said host uh, disabled participant screen sharing. Yeah. You know what? So when I went in earlier, I guess Uh I have to do it. I have to do it depending on, you know, who I'm interviewing. Uh Mm-hmm. And so I apologize for that. No, that's fine. That is absolutely okay. I can send it to you right now. Okay. What's your email address again? Kaylove. Kaylove at Judson U. Do I need to spell out you? University? Sorry. Uh, you dot edu. Is that I you? Oh no, that's me. Oh my gosh. Let me get out of this thing. Don't you dare. Okay. All right. Okay, so someone's trying to get in. That's LaDawn. Oh, that's cool. All right, so I just sent it. Okay. Let me know if you got it. I did. I'm okay. Got it now. I thought that was you sharing the music. Then I realized I was on Hulu looking at Dance Moms. Well, that wouldn't have been appropriate. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I haven't shared my screen yet. Let me share. Okay, that's fine. Hi, LaDawn. Let's let's see here. Hi, Karen. How are you doing, dear? Well, how are you? Oh, I cannot complain. Mm -hmm. Doesn't do any good. Who's listening? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's listening. Somebody's listening. (laughs) They can help you, but they're listening. Yes. LaDawn, I want to introduce you to, can I say Minister Ebony Norris? She doesn't like (laughs) Hi, Ebony. (laughs) Hi, LaDawn. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Okay. Layla? All right. Look at that. Actually, it's Roxanne. Oh, Roxanne. Okay. Yes. I thought you just sent me a text, Roxanne. Yes, I did, because I thought I was late. 
Oh, no, no, no. I know the Eastern time is different. Ebony, so yes, you see where it says click to add notes. How can I get into another format? Well, I don't think it matters. So this is what you do. Just share this. Uh, start it at share the slideshow mm-hmm. at the top where it says slideshow. Yeah. Hit play from start. Play from start. It's interesting now because it records it records everything. When you're speaking, you're going to see the subtext. I see it at the bottom. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that drives me nuts. It does. It's like a part of an annotation, but you'll see. You can't turn that feature off? Well, no, I don't think so. Uh, you have to be able to. I've never seen that. Okay. Oh, yeah, with the, the updates for... Office 365, everything is annotated. But you know what? Let me see. Interesting. Mm. That's why I was wondering. Okay, hold on. Let's try it again. Hello? Hello? Oh, it's fixed. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> so, so Ebony, you see where... Oh, I know. Okay, hold on. Oh, it, it picks it up. It does. I don't think there's any choice anymore. I see that in my classes when I'm speaking and the annotation comes up. <laughs> Nothing sacred anymore. And as soon as we get out of it, it's erased. So the only other thing we could do. Hmm. See where it says listening here? Yeah. So LaDawn is, um, she will be a special guest of mine too. She's coming up on the 25th of September. And so LaDawn, basically this is the, the, the platform. I'm also creating podcasts and also I have hashtag Friday night chats on YouTube as well. Uh-huh. We have three different platforms going on. So the students can look at either look at the presentation later or join in, whatever it is. I'm just providing different platforms. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the other option without the annotation. I can just go through the slides like this. Ebony, would you prefer that? I need a way as long as um, I'm fine either way. It isn't because, you know, yeah, so I'm good. Okay. So initially I, I, you know, shared the platform with the students, but then I decided to go with community, the community at large. And then I decided to do, to create podcasts and YouTube uh, videos so that we can prov- provide the content there so that everybody will have access to it. Also, this one, I did say Facebook Live, so we are going to have to add that. Are you good with that, Ebony? 
Facebook yes. Live? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. Go live on Facebook. Here we are. Okay, so let's just start in just a few seconds. So how's everything? Oh, wait, let's see. Here we go. Okay. Just one second. Okay. Okay, so we have multiple speakers here. Hey, I Karen, you can turn um, the closed captioning off in your meeting settings. Did you try to go into meeting settings? Okay, I will. Hold on. Okay. So Karen, is that a Zoom feature? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you go, you should have a stop animation button. Okay. Hold on one second. Let me move this slide up out because there are too many screens going on at one time. Let's see if that helps. Okay. Look under like view options. Okay, hold on one. Let's go live here, if it would allow me. Here we go. Add a title. Hashtag Friday Night Chats. There. There's a title, go live. Okay. Yep, they're setting up Facebook Live. So I think what I'm going to do is to navigate the slides without the full screen. I mean, I can offer this right here. But if I wanted to keep the annotation off, then I think I can just present in this platform here. Okay. Okay, does that work? You just tell me when to go. Yep, that works for me. Okay. Well, it is six. 32. And I want to welcome everyone to Friday Night Chats. My name is Dr. Karen Love, and I am the host of Hashtag FNC. I am the vice chairperson for the Love Family Christian Foundation and also vice chair of, uh, not vice chair, I'm sorry, program chair for organizational leadership at Judson University. Before I end, speak it. Sorry. Okay, before I introduce my, my guests for the evening, I'd like to provide a little context to the FNC platform. In March of two, 2020, our university transitioned to the digital platform due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So face-to-face -face students were transitioning from online, from 
face-to-face to online platform. And I was really concerned about the dynamics there because I teach adult students and they are used to a certain platform. They want the intimacy. They want the interaction with the professors. And all of a sudden their world was disrupted. So with the online platform, we could do it in an asynchronous or a synchronous fashion. One, I'm going to let another person in. Just bear with me one second. So the asynchronous fashion or the synchronous fashion. But what I found was having that relationship with them required work. It required ongoing conversations. It required seconds, everything. And that was okay. That was okay because they were the customers. They were our students. But one thing that really, really had me process what my role was as a program director was really getting into these students who are asking at the end of the program, how can I leverage my degree? And so that resonated with me. So thank God, despite the pandemic, I had an opportunity to step back, reflect, and ask God, what's my assignment? What's my role? Because I'm hearing questions that perhaps should have been addressed at the beginning of the program, not at the end of the program. So what can I do to affect change, to bring you know, transformation and empowerment in these students' lives? So you know, Judson University is a Christian institution. So our mandate is to integrate faith in learning. And in this institution, we pray at the beginning, have worship service at the beginning, in the middle, particularly if there's a crisis, and then at the end. So my, the question is mine is how can I bring this concept of leadership alive? What can I do differently, particularly organizational leadership? And so Judson, when they went to that platform, praying about it, everything was in order, and God gave birth to hashtag Friday Night Chat. So I am so excited about this. We started... We went to the um, platform mid-March, April 17th. I started the Friday night chats. And that was only by God's grace and power. Let me tell you, he does amazing things. I got busy, contacted prospective guests. They all said yes, when and where. And so this platform provides an opportunity for not only the, the students, but the community at large to come together to talk about some of the organizational issues, whether it's in ministry, or nonprofits or corporations, whatever that agency is, it provides that platform. And so some of the topics that we discuss um, in the spring and summer term of 2020 was leading intelligent teams or leadership in the law or HR management or women in supply chain uh, management, ethics, innovation. Uh, One individual, it was so precious leaning into the pivot. And what does that mean for us as Christian women of God? How do we lean into that pivot emotionally, spiritually, and professionally? We also had a presentation on emotional intelligence and wellness strategies. And that was so important because transforming into that digital platform was very, very stressful for all of us in some capacity. It really was. So just let me just share with you real quick the faculty that God sent our way. We had um, graduates from University of Chicago, University of Miami Law School, uh, Northwestern University, MIT, University of Wisconsin, Vanderbilt. So there was a composition of great leaders in there in their own perspective profession 
affecting change in a very positive way because they knew God. And that was awesome. They knew God and they, they, they were very clear about their mandate. And so one individual who actually was supposed to close out on the 17th, but then there was another individual who came on board. But this individual on the 17th was a Judson graduate. And he talked about the fact how this one minister had changed his life. He dealt with um, oppositional disorder or defiant disorder and ADHD and all the things that he grew up, had all those labels placed on him. Uh, This man has written four books. He's been on TEDx with Henry, TEDx Zurich. And so that cadre of, of leaders that God sent this way is amazing. And he continues to grow this faculty. So I am so excited tonight to welcome Miss Ebony. And I would just keep saying Miss Ebony because the fact that she is a phenomenal individual. She really is. And so we want to welcome her to the platform. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She received her BS in criminal justice from Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, it was her intention to become a judge, but God had another plan for her, right? So he took her from her job and her profession in operations, I would say operations, and God planted on her heart to go after her MDiv and her master's in Christian education. So she pursued both degrees. And within that pursuit, she discovered that leadership truly is a fluid construct. So some of the questions that I want to ask Ebony, that's very, very pivotal, but particularly in ministry, is what role does leadership play in her assignments, whether it's professionally or in ministry? How does it all work? How does it all come together so that she is a transformer or a change agent for God? So let's welcome Miss Ebony Norris. Thank you, Ebony. Welcome. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Or I should say it's evening at this point. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> evening at this point. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I was like, who is that? Who is that person she's describing in this introduction? Um, yeah, I, you know. Leadership is is something, and I think I've shared this before, uh, as you stated before, um, I had no intentions of going into any type of ministry capacity. Uh, I literally had my heart set on becoming a judge. Um, I know sitting on the judicial bench is absolutely a leadership role, um, but from the perspective of I just wanted to go straight to law school and then become a judge. I didn't, you know, it wasn't even, it wasn't in my peripheral in any given shape or form that I would be in a leadership role within the ministry context. Um, I have been at the the corporation that I work for. I have been at that corporation for 20 years. It'll be 20 years in January. And I found myself literally being a, moving up within the company. Um, And here's where we talk about how it's not in our own strength. It's not in um, anything that necessarily we do or we deserve. Um, It's literally the faith that we have. And I say that because as I found myself moving up in leadership, and I always say, I never wanted leadership. Leadership kind of just called me 
um, because I found myself moving up within the corporation and in these various leadership roles. And literally, I, I didn't understand what was happening and what was going on. And then I found myself in, in, at church, um, you know, in the different leadership capacities. And, you know, I found it, um, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, you shouldn't bring in, you know, what's, what you have in the corporate, you shouldn't bring it into the ministry setting. And I said, I beg to differ because in every organization, I don't care what the organization is, you have to have some type of structure. You have to have some type of uh, organizational structure and organizational leadership structure in place to be able to move the, the organization forward. And so that's kind of how I have, um, you know, with, you know, with moving on and, and, and just looking at, you know, where I am today, you know, where I was then and each, each, each realm that God, that God moves me into um, from a leadership perspective, it's just being able to bring that parallel um, and really being able to say, how can we continue to evolve both from a corporate perspective and, and from a, a ministry perspective, right? Um, within our leadership, our, our leadership has to evolve. You know, we cannot continue to remain the same. And so what are some of the things that I can bring as that change agent, as you stated, which is funny because I actually have that notated in one of the slides, um, you know, you become the change. You are the change agent. So you become the change that you want to see. Mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of how I started um, and, and how, you know, even today, I just kind of I just kind of move in, you know, with whatever position that I find myself in. It's it's number one. It's not me. Nothing is ever me. It's all you know, it's all it's all like it's all guys doing. And so um yeah, I found myself at Virginia Union University um, studying, uh, you know, getting my Master's of Divinity. Again, that wasn't something that I ever aspired to do. Um, but I'll tell you, it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life, um, as well as deciding, hey, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get my Christian education as well, because what what that did was it then allowed me to, you know, at, at one point I was taking the corporate and I was, um, you know, trying to determine, okay, where do I go in ministry? Like, how do I, how, how do I bring that to ministry? But then what I did was I flipped it after I ended up going to school and I said, okay, now that, you know, with, with corporate, there's a lot of, you know, political, um, you know, rules, there's a lot of HR rules that you have to follow but it's how do you take those same concepts and those same principles and be able to now apply them in your everyday corporate world as well and within your leadership role. And so that's, that's just kind of the, the position that I'm in. And that's just kind of the, the, the place that I'm in, um, trying to be able to balance that and being able to um, be able to bridge the, bridge the, bridge the cultures, basically. Amen. Amen. Ebony, do you start with the presentation? Um, yeah, it, 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 we can start with the presentation or we can just kind of do the chat and I can tell you where to go. But yeah, if you want to start with the presentation, we can go to slide two. 
um, because within within every organization, right, there are different pieces that every organization is looking at, right? So you have your leadership and your strategy, which takes care of, you know, you have to have your shared vision. You have to understand the context, right, of your vision. And then you have to have the right effective leaders. Um, then you have a part of your organization that has that deals with your preparedness. So that's your processes. That's your managing of your risks. Um, you know, do you have the the right resources available? Um, you know, how do you manage the change that's going on? You know, what are the risks that you're willing to take and the risks that you're willing to accept? And then you have your culture. Every organization has a culture, and so. Um, you want to all. You want to always create a healthy culture, um, and you want to always share information and continually improve upon whatever that culture is and those behaviors are. And so, this is this is the this is the construct of every organization, whether it's literally a um, your corporate world or whether it's your ministry world. Um, you you have these pieces within every organization. And when we talk about, if you want to go to slide three, <clears throat> when we talk about uh, organizational leadership as a whole, um, I found this, uh, this definition, and it made so much sense here, where it says organizational leadership really is a management strategy that focuses on the organization as a whole and the processes needed to unify the individual and the organizational goals. Organizational leadership, um, and you know, a lot of people think that when we talk about organizational leadership, it's dealing with the human resources piece of it. Um, you know, and 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 it does, right? It, organizational leadership does encompass the human resources part of it, but a lot of people clump those together. Um, you know, the organizational leadership piece focuses more on the overall scope of the company, whereas the human resources aspect, it concerns itself with actually the human capital of the organization. Um, and so the, the model itself, when we talk about organizational leadership, it's, it's really looking at the strategy of the overall organization, no matter what the organization is. Um, looking at your overall management strategy and looking at those processes that are needed to be able to um, mirror the individual along with the organizational goals. Yes. Yes. So there are, if you move to slide four, <clears throat> there are, um, there are a lot of people when I'm, when I'm having conversations um a lot of people also think organizational leadership is management and it's really, and it, it's, it's a part of it, but it's not solely management because when you're looking at leadership and, you know, I heard you talk about, um, you know, some of the classes that your, your students were in, when you look at leadership as a whole, leadership is 100% how you are able to influence people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you have, there's a bunch of different tasks that you do within that leadership construct, but no matter what you do, 
You will never have a successful organization if you don't influence those that are under you. And so what, um, so you have to be able to, you have to know your people, you have to learn your people, you have to, you know, be able to understand like, okay, here are, here are the goals. Here's what we have to accomplish. Here's the objectives that we have. Um, and now how do you influence your people to be able to, um, to meet those goals? How do you, how do you influence them to be able to say, all right, guys, here's where we are. Like I deal with this every day, all day. Um, you know, there's, it's constant change. It's, 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 you know, things that are happening within the world. And as the leader, it's important that you're able to understand and digest what's happening and then be able to figure out how, how can, how can I influence those that are under me um, to still be able to, in, 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 in spite of everything that's going on, in spite of everything that's happening, you know, we might have to change, we might have to pivot, but no matter what we have to do, how can I still influence them to be able to meet the overall goal and objective for that particular thing or whatever that is? Um, you know, it's called, sometimes about the about that. Paul, do you hear some feedback? Okay. Uh, the difference between Peter and Paul, how, how Peter just cast that vision and he just kept going, but Paul was both the leader and the process person because he was in the details and, yep. and, 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 and the devil is in the details you, to have to know everything. So his mind was so critical. He thought about the process, how to bring people forward. So he was dealing with those issues, but Peter, you know, when the Bible says that Peter, people want, people wanted to actually get in his shadow. So he was, you know, quite the transformer himself. And so to distinguish between the different types of leaders, and you're right about the, the systems, because you have to have a certain level of influence even to navigate those systems so that they can end that trajectory go to be the most optimal system that represents the organization and the mission of the leaders itself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was thinking about the two of them. Yes. No, it, you, you, it, you're absolutely correct. Um, and it's, I chose this picture here because, you know, when I was looking at this picture, I was like, this picture says so much without saying, without having any words. Right. So, um, you know, St. Francis of Assisi would, um, would always say, and I think I probably pronounced that wrong. Um, he was like, preach with saying as little words as possible. Right. And so when I look at this picture, you have this red ball that's here and you have people slowly gra and, and uh, gradually coming towards this red ball. So for whatever reason, this red ball is influencing what's, what's happening, right? And, you know, when we talk about <clears throat> Peter um, and then we, talk, we even talk about Jesus, right? And so... I looked at this to say, and I was having a conversation earlier today with my sister, and we were talking about like this red ball represents Jesus. The ones that are around are the disciples. But what also happened? The disciples also had to then take their influence and produce other disciples. And so those are the those are the and which which you know includes us as well. And so the, the balls in the back of the picture, you know, that they represent us, right? They represent those that are, that are coming, right? Um, but 
to make a long story short, it's the leadership piece of it. It's the leadership aspect where that leader has to be influential to be able to get the people to move into the move to the goals that they need to get to. Amen. Um, I'm sorry. Was there a question? I'm sorry. Do you want me to go to the next slide? That was my question to you. Oh, okay. There's a delay. I apologize if there's a delay. Um, so I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that, you know, we have the same cadence here, but I apologize if there's a delay in the audio. Did you want me to go to the next slide? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Thank you. So within the construct of every organization, you have to define roles. Um, I don't care, again, whether it's in the corporate environment or whether it's in, and this is the piece where I started to do the, the parallel of some of the roles that we have in, you know, within a regular organization, just a day-to-day organization. And of course, I'm going to continue to refer to the corporate environment only because that's my context, right? My context is corporate um, and my context is ministry. And so in every organization, you have to have defined roles, but no matter if you're in that leadership position and if you're in that leadership role, you are the change agent. And so being that change agent, you need to be the change that you want to see. Like there's so many, you know, I, in, in having conversations, um, you know, with managers, you know, daily, you know, asking for, you know, advice, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? Like even this morning, for example, there was a manager that called me and she was like, you know, what do I do? about, you know, someone who just, they just won't get on board. I said, all right, so here's what happened. What would, what do you want to see happen? Like, if it were you, what would you do? And she was like, well, I would want to either try to help figure out how to get her on board or if she couldn't, then I we might have to follow a different path. I said, okay. I said, is that what, you know, does your management do that for you? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, is that what you want to see happen in your team? You want your team to get on board, but you put in the right uh, structure to say, hey, you know, I'm giving you options, but if you're not willing to comply with the options or even be able to help you know, if it's something that you don't like, if it's a process that you don't like, you know, if, if you want to, if you want to change the process, okay, let's talk about it. Or if not, if you just are completely defiant and saying, all right, I don't, then we have other options. I said, if that's the change, if that's what you want to see happen in your team, then do it. And she was like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah. And so it's, it's, you know, when we define these roles and we define these different management roles, it's it's the same in every organization. And I put this structure here just so that, you know, to have a, a concept and just to have a, a, a structure or organizational chart of this flow, this flow, literally, it, it happens in every organization in the corporate world, you have the CEO, you have assistants, you have VPs, you have staff VPs. Then you have, you know, those are your organizational leaders. And then you have the managers that are under them. Mm -hmm. Same thing in ministry. 
you have your pastors, you have, you know, your executive assistants, you know, the pastors might have. And then there might be a layer, a frontline layer in, in our ministry context or in my ministry context, we have what's known as a frontline layer that really is the direct, um, the direct contact really to our pastor, right? Because our pastor can't be so so bogged down with the day-to-day and the everyday things that are happening. His goal is to move the congregation forward. The CEO's goal is to move the organizational organization forward. So there's a layer who he casts his shadow and who he casts his vision down to, right? That then has to take that same vision and cast it down to those that are under them. Same concept in, in, in uh, corporation. We have our, our CEOs, we have our VPs, we have our managers, we have our directors, we have our managers. Every organization, like it, it just, it's, it's no different. I, I, I say this, you're going to hear me say this a lot because it, I, I, I'm trying to help people understand. And I know, I think everyone on this call does, but I'm trying to help people understand you. Every organization has to have a defined role and you have to know what those roles are so that it's, it, so that people understand this is the system. This is what we are following. These are who you contact. This is who you go to. You can't always, uh, you, you know, you, you're not going to always be able to go to the CEO. You're not going to always be able to get to the pastor, but you do have people who are in place that will be able to manage the day-to-day as far as what's happening within that organization or within that community context. So if you move to slide six, um, here's where, Here's where I, I spend a lot of my time um, with, the, with my team, especially at work, um, is helping them understand the, the types of leaders because there are organizational leaders and then there are relational leaders. Um, this is, you know, not every person, not every leader is an organizational leader. And here's the thing, that's exact, that's fine. Um, you know, you have to know which type of leader you truly are. Organizational leaders are more fueled by the systems that help the people. Like if we think about this, um, if we think about it from um, from the perspective of um, they totally understand and they're comfortable with the reality that the systems are the key to growing their business and their congregational community. They're okay with that. They have leaders who are, you know, their their heart is, they have a heart for people, but their focus and their goal is more so on the systems to be able to create effective, to create capacity uh, to care for even more people. They're looking at the big picture. They're not, you know, they're not concerned. And I said it before, they're not concerned with the day-to-day they're more looking at the bigger picture organization and you're going to have your organizational leaders or those types of leaders that are organizational leaders. Those are your leaders that are going to be able to, to have the, the, the larger volumes, right? So those are the ones that are going to be able to have those bigger organizations or even those bigger ministries um, because they are focused on the systems. Um, 
they don't necessarily have a desire to know everyone in the room. They love them. Yes. They like them. Yes. But, you know, they don't necessarily have to know everybody in the room. Um, because again, it's more so they're looking at it from a system perspective. Um, and he's, he's content with having, or he or she is content with having other people who actually care for and, and is caring for the, 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 rest of the, the rest of the team or the rest of the congregation. So they don't necessarily have to be the ones because quite honestly, they don't have the time to do that. Um, and then, you know, you have your organizational leaders who, you know, they're monitoring closely with people within their direct circle. So within the organizational structure, I kind of alluded to this a little bit, but they have a team of people, right? So they have a certain number of people who are directly within their, like directly under them. And they're going to be the ones that are going to have the conversations with your organizational leader. So in the, in the context that I use with the, um, with the chart, the organizational chart, it's your, if I'm a CEO, I'm going to have the conversations more so with your, the VP level, or if I'm the pastor, you know, in our ministry context where I am, they're going to more so have the conversation with the frontline leaders. This is where you're going to spend the majority of your time. This is where you're going to cast your vision. This is where you're going to make sure that um, you, they know your heart because they then have to take that and they have to cast it down to those that are under them, directly under them. So in a corporate environment, it'd be your VP casting it down to your, your staff VP or your directors. And, you know, in the, in the ministry context, it might be your, um, your frontline leadership team who is directly, you know, who has the conversations with the pastor who's casting it down to those ministry leaders. We so have an outreach ministry leader or something like that. So the, the organizational leaders are more concerned and, they're, and they are okay with monitoring what's happening, but monitoring it closely with those who are closer to their, their direct circle. And the last part is the one thing organizational leaders love to do is they love to develop other leaders. That is like, if, if <laughs> that's the one thing that I have heard so much, and that's the one thing that I have seen, um, you know, and that's the one thing that, you know, I love actually doing within my context is helping to develop other leaders, helping to show people, you know, people who don't even think they're leaders, it's, it's, it's amazing to be able to um, push people into literally who they are, but they don't necessarily see that, but helping them to get there. It's, that's like one of the most amazing things that, you know, that I found most rewarding in my career is being able to help those that are either under me or help those that are in another area, but saying, hey, you know, can, you know, can you mentor me or whatever? Like, this is one of the things that I love, love, love doing is helping to develop other leaders. Because I think it's important that number one, as leaders, we understand that's our job to develop other leaders. Um, we can't do it by ourselves. No organization will ever be able to sustain itself if one person thinks that they can do everything by themselves. So um, being able to develop leaders is, is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and it's something that I, I love. 
-hmm. On the flip side of that, you have your relational leaders, right? These are the people, they're fueled by contact with people. They love people. They could care less about the systems. Um, you know, I joke with my sister, her and I joke all the time. She's your relational leader. She's, she's, she's more uh, in direct contact and has more direct contact with the, the people themselves. You know, it, it, she's like, I don't care about the system. You know, I know the system has to happen. I know that it's a need for the system, but I, I have the need to be more relational. I, and that's just how, you know, she's, that's just how she's wired. That's who God made her to be. Um, you know, she wants to know, you know, what's going on with the people, not, not from a perspective of being nosy or anything, but she cares. It's all about caring. So that's more your relational, your relational leader, um, you know, and staying up to date with, with what's going on with people and making sure that they're okay. And here's, here's the thing with both corporate and ministry. It's important to know where you land because it's, um, it's, it, I've seen this happen many times in both respects, in both areas. It's important to know where you land and what, where you fall because it's important to be in the right position with wherever you are. Because if you are an organizational leader and you don't, and you're more focused on the system, and but you you're you're put over people. There could be some challenges there, right? Um, so you have to know personally who you are, so that you can have the right conversations with your leadership leads to say, you know what, this might not be the right thing for me because I. I, you know, the, the day-to-day, let me talk about process, let me implement system, you know, let me, you know, talk process and procedure and strategy and analysis, you know, that's where I thrive, um, and it's okay, it's, 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 it's no, you know, it's, you don't, it's, it's okay, it's really okay, and I tell people that all day long, you know, it's, it's okay, you don't, it's okay not to you don't have to be what you think I want you to be. Be who you are, and then let's work with that. Let's work within the context of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I've actually said a whole lot. Um, so I want to stop and just see if there's questions, if anything has come up. You know, everyone is kind of quiet, and, you know, I'm one of those people. I like interaction, and I like things to be interactive. Well, I like the fact that, talked about the employee and you asked her what would you like to see because there was someone who wasn't engaging and you threw the process right back to her and in doing so she becomes that critical thinker and she can develop ways and really think not just what the other individual is doing but her part in that process to see if she's being effective or maybe she is that deterrent that's in the way that's hindering this individual for growth and so i really like i really like that example of i always tell my grandkids i said if something happens i ask people is that your strategy if that's your strategy own the strategy it's okay but own the strategy and so my grandson said but I'm just a child. And I said, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You have a strategy. Better off you're going to be because if that's your strategy, now you are not responsible and you cannot control someone else's response. Exactly. Behavior. 
But if that's your strategy, own that strategy. So I, I love that you did that. It's like, what do you want to see? And sometimes people, uh, sometimes people get in that role, like they'll, they'll complain. They say, well, this isn't good or that. And they become consumers, right? Yep. I want to be, sometimes we cannot, we cannot meet those intrinsic needs. I mean, we're supposed to be, you know, those with emotional intelligence, but sometimes like, God, you got to help me see this because I don't, I don't see this process. As a matter of fact, I want to get in my corner and stay in my corner because I don't want that spirit around me. And then God challenges you to go deeper because this is someone he has called exactly. and wants to elevate. And, and I am a part of that assignment. It's like, I can't be the church lady because, you know, I got some developing myself. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, and I, yeah, I oftentimes ask God, why me? I'm, yeah. I don't put these people in my path for a reason. Like, yeah, you know, you know, I'm, there's a part of me that, you know, God, you resting on, you know, that's the part that I don't want nobody to pray for yet, but this is the part that you're resting on, <laughs> and so, and so, you know, and, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, but here's the thing though. Um, and I, I learned this early on. There was a lady who I, I probably was in my twenties and I couldn't have been any more than 24. Five couldn't have been any more than twenty five, and this lady was on my team. She was she was literally in her sixties, late sixties, and she was completely defiant, like just utterly defiant to everybody. And I literally had to pray and like I was like, okay, God, what what do you want me to do? Because now in my flesh, I know what I want to do, right? But I also understand that there's something more to this. And so literally it was, like you said, taking a step back and being able to say, okay, let me pause because, you know, and this is before I started going to school. Um, and now I look at every, everything that comes, I'm like, oh Lord, okay. I'm like, God, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass this today. I'm gonna pass this today. Um, but she was just totally defiant. But what I did was I literally took her in a room and I said, okay, let's talk. What is it? Help me, help me help you. Help me. And you know, that's my motto. I can, I can make you successful where we are and where you are, or I can help make you successful somewhere else. I want to make you, I want to make you successful. I want to help make you successful, whatever that looks like. So you be the, you decide what that looks like. And so we had the best conversation. She ended up crying and she ended up like, we ended up having a wonderful conversation talking about her son. And after that, but what I had to do, I had to break down. There was a wall and a barrier that she had. And she even said, I didn't think, I thought because of your age, I didn't think that you should be leading me. And this is at work. This wasn't even in, in like a, a church environment. This was in the corporate environment. But after I had that conversation with her, like that changed. It literally, she was more, you know, she was more compliant. She was more willing to, you know, to say, hey, and I would ask her, what do you think about this? 
because what I wanted her to understand and I wanted to help her see was that you're valuable and I value your opinion because I did. I truly valued her opinion and I knew that she was a phenomenal lady. We just had that. It was just that defiant piece where she was just, she meant she wasn't going to do anything that I asked her to do. But once we broke that down, that barrier down, we were, we were okay. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Those are some challenges. You gave her a voice. Absolutely. Yep. Those are some challenges. The other comments before I jump in, I'm so excited. I could talk to you all night, but <laughs> other comments. Well, I do have a comment. This is Rob saying, and I, what I want to say is it's just so refreshing to hear um, both Ebony and let's see, who was the other, was it LaDon who made a comment um, about wanting to help because so many times you get into an organization and they don't want to help you. It's almost like you're a threat to them, but you're not understanding why. It's like, I just got in here. (laughs) You know, how can I be a threat to you? I have to learn what I have to learn um, in order to do the job. So sometimes you have, even now with me in the the working environment, I'm out of the corporate world, but um, I don't, it's not a lot of difference than the state other than I think being in corporate is a little better. But um, what I am seeing is, what I'm hearing tonight is that there is, or there are leaders that's still out there that want to help others succeed. I love that. I love hearing that tonight because, you know, I am in an environment that, you know, I asked all the time for opportunities. I had to start over 32 years and then I had to start all over again. But I I constantly ask for opportunities. Um, I'm constantly, I am forgotten. And I'm, I'll tell you why. I've been in my position seven years. I'm still waiting to have um, my um, employee orientation. <laughs> I said, I can orientate anybody that's coming in. Uh, to this, to this agency, but you know, I, I just love it that you guys have a desire to want to go out to help. And, and as you stated, and that's both in corporate, that's even in the church, because sometimes there's someone in there that wants to teach and, and help others to learn their positions, you know, because sometimes it's not always defined. And because you're trying to teach others the position and the right way to do things. It's looked at sometimes like, well, she thinks she knows everything. So I just love still, I just love the learning piece of it that someone's open to continue to, to um, provide guidance, to, to, to help get from point A to point B and continue to help succeed going in the direction of, you know, succeeding. So I thank you guys. I just love that. Oh, and you know, here's, here's my thing. Somebody helped me, right? I didn't get this place by myself. And so, you know, I, I had some great people who've been in my life 
um, both professionally and from a ministry perspective to, to push me and to, you know, I had people who would not, when I said no, they told me get over myself and they like literally pushed me, um, probably into the place that I am now. And so there is no way <clears throat> that I could humanly, you know, I, I have a, I have a, a lady who, um, she used to be an operations expert under under me. And before I went to the next position, I told her, listen, I have to, I, I believe in succession planning, right? I'm, I'm a stickler for succession planning. I have my managers do it every quarter. I tell them, listen, I need you to make sure that you, you should never leave a position and not have someone ready to take that position. Because number one, the position isn't yours, right? And number two, anything could happen. So you always need to make sure that you are, as a leader, you are training, you are teaching, you are depositing the knowledge that you have. You are building people up. You are empowering people to literally be able to take your position. Now, I, and in that particular, uh, Elaine is her name, love her. Um, she did not want management. She said, I don't want it. I said, I don't care what you want. I said, this is where, <laughs> this is your next step. And so I put her in different positions and I put her in different situations to literally, and this is a part uh, of my, you know, Aunt Karen had asked me a question. She said, hey, what do you think about team development? And so I have a slide in here about team development because I think it's so important. Um, because again, somebody did it for me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get to this place by myself. And so, and I think that 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 goes for, you know, ministry. You know, I, I can probably get on my soapbox about the ministry piece um, because I think in ministry, a lot of times we put people where they are needed because of a lack versus putting people where they truly are supposed to be. And what happens is you'll always find a rotate, a revolving, there'll always be a revolving door because where people's passions are is where they become invested. And so, you know, I would say if you want to teach, I would say keep, keep pushing to teach because if that's where your passion is, and I think as leaders, we have to, we have to take a step back and evaluate, um, you know, evaluate who's on our teams and we have to evaluate where we are and even evaluate where we're trying to go, right? Um, Because we might have to change. I literally, I do a self-evaluation all the time. And, you know, I take account of, where am I? You know, am I living right? (laughs) You know, where, where am I supposed to be? Where am I supposed to go? What's my next step? Because, Again, in leadership, you can become, uh, one of the things we, we learned and one of the things we talked about in school, we talked about this a lot when it came to ministry, is we talked about how if organizations within ministries do not evolve, you will start to see so many organizations dying. And it's not keeping up with the Joneses, it's being able to evolve and evolve effectively. Um, you know, one of the things I love about the ministry that I am in is that we have what's called um, 
revolving, revolving um, leadership. So what that means is that every two years, our leadership is revolving. Now, we might move into something different, but it's always revolving because when you don't allow people to come in with new, that's new, you are stagnating because when they come in new, they're coming with new ideas. They're coming in with fresh, you know, fresh processes or, you know, they may see something that's happening and they're like, hmm, I think we can probably change that. Or, you know, I think, you know, we could probably do this and it would help us. But if you don't allow that, then, um, you know, you, you just become stagnant, both as a leader and your organization becomes stagnant. LaDawn? Comments? Uh, I actually agree with what she's, what she's been saying. Um, I see it all the time in, in corporate. I've seen it in corporate. I see it in my nonprofit structure, even though it's a corporate nonprofit profit or not-for-profit. Um, you know, but when into the young lady's um, comment, about being excited to see and hear people um, willing to lift other people up. I think you will find that um, you find managers, directors in your organizations who will be willing to do that. Even if your primary, your, your primary um, supervisor or manager does not, there's always someone in your organization who will be willing to support you and, and so it's, it's up to us to seek them out yeah. you know, and ask for their support, mm-hmm. even if you're not getting it where you think you are supposed to get it from. But I also believe is, I also believe, and I need to turn my light, it's starting to get dark here, um, is that we have to take initiatives, right? You have to take the initiative to show people you are willing and able to help support the effort. Yep not just in corporate, but it's also in the ministry, right? You know, in the ministry, a lot of times people sit back and they wait for someone to ask them to do something. They're waiting to be asked. Where, where, and, and that's how they get lumped into areas that somebody thinks they should go in because they're not asking. They're not saying, hey, I'm raising my hand. I have the strength. I can do this to help you. So in the effort of trying to engage people, they get put in places that may not be their strength. Sometimes it works out for them and then it becomes a passion for them. But other times they flounder because it's not something that they really want, but they don't want to say no. Yeah. That's good. That's good. There are so many things. I see iPhone. I don't see any identification. So I'm not sure who that is. But iPhone, if you have a question or comments, feel free to chime in. No? iPhone? Can I comment on something? Oh, go ahead. I just want, if, if I may, I just want to share something. Many years ago, um, Ebony, <laughs> Ebony came to where I used to work. And um, she came with her uh, resume. I got called in the office <laughs> because 
my director said, I had a young lady to walk up to me on lunch when I was on my way in from lunch and she handed me her resume. <laughs> and so Ebony, Ebony was always a pusher. She was I a pusher know. and knew what she wanted when she wanted it. And she called it and she said, well, these are the hours that I want. I'm in school and these are the hours. So she always had an idea of the direction or some some of what at that time of a direction or what she wanted or what direction she wanted to move in. But I guess God got a hold of you. (laughs) God said, hold on, come back. That's right. That's right. But, you know, she's always had that, I I guess, say it it, to me was like a leadership quality, someone who knew what she wanted when she wanted it and how she wanted it. You know, so, you know, again, again, uh, my hat's off to you and God for all of that. Oh, I believe. Yes, ma'am. Leadership. um, Does it change? Does context play a role and your leadership abilities, your strategies, have you found that to be different? Not moving away from your values or, or the foundations, but do you find that there are different um, leadership nuances that may change corporate versus ministry? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's changing all the time. Um, and it's changing. Let's just use, for example, you know, what's happened in, um, you know, with the pandemic. Let's talk about, you know, what's happened with the whole uh, Black Black Lives Matter. Um, You know, we are having conversations, and I'll take this from a corporate perspective for the moment, we are having to have conversations from a leadership perspective that in the corporate environment, we've never tackled before, ever. Like it's, and it's, you know, I had to literally pull in my managers to say, okay, guys, this is where we are. Um, you know, there's, there's certain topics and there's certain things that we um, in the corporate environment like to not talk about and like to not discuss um, because we don't want to cause, you know, issues and we don't want to offend and in, in anything like that. But literally because of what you know, happened, you know, with the whole Black Lives Matter um, movement, literally, we had to, we had to then have those conversations. And it was, you know, I even had, I was on, on calls with our CEO, who literally said, you know, I've had to take a step back and I've had to look at even how I address different things, and how I address people because there are certain things I just didn't know because of what the color of my skin was. And so from a leadership perspective, absolutely, it changes. It, it And you have to be fluid. You have to, you know, you have, depending on what's happening and depending on what's going on and within the context of leadership, yes, it has, it, it has to change. Because again, if you, if it doesn't, then one, I don't think you're doing your team as a, a, um, I don't think you're doing well by your team and I don't think you're doing well by yourself as a leader. As a leader, you should always be evolving and you, depending on what's happening, you have to take a step back and look at yourself to say, okay, 
do I need to now shift and pivot strategy because this is no longer working anymore or because of what's happening within the world? Culture, yeah. Now, you mentioned within your church. I'm, I'm interested to know how is that communicated? Because if there isn't a positive sum game for everyone, then I can imagine some people are reluctant to move out of their positions. Can well, it's, it, yes. Um, so it, it, communication is key, right? Communication is very key in that because one of the things that um, our apostle does very well within our, he makes it very clear. He lays out, listen, the day that you take on this position, you need to understand you're not going to have this position forever. This is what we do here. This is revolving. It's every two years. And that's just that. So we come in or the leaders come in knowing that, and here's the thing, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be a leader. It just means that you may not be a leader in that particular area any longer, or it could be you may no longer be leadership um, in the leadership construct. Um, and and it, it's nothing bad. It's, not, it could, it's, it's nothing that you might have done. It could be that he's looking and he's evaluating and he's observing based upon the two years that you've, you know, that you've been under him or you've been within that leadership construct. He's observing and evaluating to see, okay, what's this person's next move? Do I need to take them? And I'll just say this, for example, do I need to take them out of the leadership position because I need them because I'm going to be putting them in training for something else, or am I going to make them, you know, am I going to be putting them in minister and training, you know, um, uh, minister trainings, or am I going to put them in, you know, different, you know, is there a pastoral training, you know, something like that. So he, so he, it, it's, it's not that you're, you, you may be a leader in two years or you may not, but you have to be okay with that. Right. Um, and, and, and I think that he does a very, very great job up front explaining it. So everyone understands they know what's coming, right? They don't even, you know, there's no kicking. There's no screaming. Um, he automatically lays it out up front. Here are the ground rules. This is kind of what we do. And But he doesn't just say this is what we do. He explains the whys behind it. So it makes sense. He helps people understand. And if they have questions, he always opens up an opportunity for them to ask questions, you know, and, oh, he'll say, come talk to me about it. So... I think that's how we've been able to be successful in the rotation of it because people automatically know up front. You know, I was sitting in about this, this, um, this question is dropped in my spirit is loyalty is enough is fidelity enough. So I'm sitting in church. I understand my relationship with God, but is that enough? What is it that I need? How do we bridge that gap? And I've really been not struggling with it, but asking God, why did you drop that in my spirit? Is loyalty enough? So um, to think about that context, revolving leadership without the developmental plan that your pastor has in place, I can imagine that's where confusion will start coming in. But it sounds like he's communicating that right up front and yep. obviously 
he's looking for certain skills and in individuals to develop them going further because it's all, because he's looking to elevate them, right? Exactly, exactly. He's an organizational leader to his core. <laughs> he loves people. He yeah. loves, he loves, you know, the, you know, he tells us all the time, like, you know, I miss you guys so much. He, but he's an organizational leader to his core. He loves developing people. Like that's what he, he's a, he's like, listen, I'm develop. I need to develop you because I got to send you out. Yeah. So that's okay. just, yeah. That's, oh, positive sum game. Yeah. Also, I, I love that. I do too. Because mm-hmm. not only does it prepare them for something else possibly. Yes. Uh-oh. Did we lose her? I think we did. Oh, no. No, no, no. I know. She had a good comment coming up too. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh please come back what did you lose we lost oh. okay you're back <laughs> no she's not back okay i'm just gonna send her a note da, 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 da. you're That's frozen funny. she said she said who did you lose <laughs> yes i'm here you lost me Okay. Yeah. She's back now. Yes, we did. We, so we heard the very first part of that and then your phone when it cut out. Oh, I am so sorry. So what I was saying, what I love about that is not only does it set, it set people up for um, possible, you know, rotation development and keeping things fresh and new. It also eliminates the, the um, opportunity for people to take too much ownership Yep. over their ministry, right? Where it becomes my ministry because I've been leading it for so long that you cannot change, yeah, right? Exactly. And that becomes more detrimental. So having that structure in place from the beginning that you serve two years and then you move on, it, it, it does not allow people that, that this is mine. To have exactly. Ownership, right. You own, you own it while you're, while you're leading it. Yep. But you are not the owner of this ministry. And I have found myself in the past, you know, making sure I share, you do not own this ministry. You're not the owner of the greeters ministry. You know, right. these are not your people that you manage like, like, you, like they're your boss, yep. like you're the boss. Right. And the longer people stay in positions like that, that mentality creeps in that this is my ministry and you have to do it my way. And it becomes very stagnant and no one wants to challenge it. And then people start to leave. So I really love that idea or that strategy. I do too. And, and the other thing too is the succession planning, because in ministry, you know, that's a tough conversation to have. But right at the beginning, you start preparing people, that next individual, that I don't care how young they are, you start preparing them and, and pouring into them, you know, the possibility so they can tap into the vision and walk alongside you. Exactly. So. Exactly. And, you know, that's one of the things that I've been thinking about is because <clears throat> um, my best friend, um, she was she was sharing with with me some of the. Uh, one of the things that they do at her ministry is they actually they're within their children's organization um, and their youth organization, the same setup that they have in the adult organization, they have a version of that in the, uh, with the children and with the youth. 
because what they're trying to do, number one, like you said, they're already setting them up, number one, to understand the vision of the house and to understand the mission of the house and where you're going. And so what they're also doing is they're also allowing the kids to be able to have a part and to play a role so they feel like they are invested in the ministry as well. And so they're, they're just not sitting there, you know, in children's time or they're just not sitting there beside their parents. They're actually, they have their own mini services and they are, they have some of the same things that are happening and some of the same roles that are happening. Um, you know, they have that, you know, from in the, in the uh, children as well as with the adults. And so I was like, I love that concept. Because you start them out young. Mm-hmm. You do. You teach them young. And what it does is it, it also helps them to start figuring out, hey, I think I like this. I don't know if I like that. Because, you know, kids are just going to be honest. Eh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But it, it helps them to, to be able to start. It helps the cultivation of the mind and being able to, you know, helping them prepare them for leadership at the same time, like prepare them for leadership young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love so. Oh, I love that. Any other comments? Okay. Ebony? Yes, ma'am. Like for you to share some words of encouragement to the audience tonight and the podcast group and the YouTube group that will be joining and watching the video. So if you could take a few moments, I know you have an incredible testimony. I am saying nothing, but you have an incredible testimony. I would love for you to share because you just came through. If you'd like your words. Um, okay. <laughs> right. Uh, so it, yeah, it, it's, um, this is, I have, this pandemic has um, done a couple things. This, you know what, and I'm not even going to continue to give it a, a, a name, right? Um, what's going on? It's, 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 um, it's been honestly a, a ride for me. Um, talk about prosperity in the pandemic not from just a financial perspective or anything like that, but the spiritual gains that I have uh, been awarded by being in this pandemic has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I have, you know, when we first went home um, or when everything happened back in the early March timeframe, I came off, I don't know what it was. I was like, I'm coming off of Facebook I think the only thing I was on was Instagram. The only time I was on Facebook was during um, like Sunday morning services because, you know, as an organization, we had to pivot, we shifted, you know, organizations went home, churches went home, but we did it virtual, right? And so um, literally I had come off, but during that, and I, I, you know, was walking, I found myself, you know, walking because I was home a lot. Um, and so just kind of walking, trying to, you as healthy as I could and um, working a lot unless, you know, working a whole whole lot, but um, I ended up getting sick. I ended up being, uh, I I went to two places. I went to patient first and I went to the hospital, both saying, you know, I had like 98% of the COVID symptoms, right? Um, Was literally on my back for 11 days 
straight with a temperature um, and like just couldn't do anything. And so during that time, it's just been me and God and it's, and it's, it's, you know, God showing me a couple of things. Number one, there, you know, within, again, this goes back to me evaluating me, right? I said that before, um, where God was able to show me, you know what, you've, you've been away a little bit. Uh, you've, you, we need to, we need to have some conversations. And I was like, Lord, okay, if we had to have a conversation, did you have to put me on my back though for 11 days? That wasn't fair. Um, but it, we had a lot of conversations and we had, we, we talked a lot and it was just him showing me, um, you know, what was happening and what was going on, um, that I needed to fix for me. Um, but at the same time, while that was happening, God also was making a way for a position to open up at my job at the same time. And it was, it's just been, you know, I got sick, but kept saying, don't worry, I got you. I got you. Um, And it was, it was him saying, it's time to get back to the true authentic, who you are, who I created you to be. Mm -hmm. And so my words of encouragement is just to tell people, remain who you are, remain authentic to who you are, remain the true person that God created you and called you to be. Um, You know, there's, you know, a lot of people try to sit. I saw this saying yesterday. A lot of people try to sit at the head of the table. But the saying that I saw is no matter what, no matter where you sit at the table, that table will shift. If it's in God's timing, if it's in the right standing, if you are in, you know, if, if, if you are walking in an alignment with God, he, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, continue to follow God, continue to hear from God. Um, He will literally like just blow your mind. Literally there are, you know, there are honestly all of, all of what's happened in my life. I I'll tell people, I never asked for this. I didn't ask for leadership. I honest, quite honestly, I I didn't want it. Um, But it was just what was on my life. And I didn't even recognize it. I didn't even realize it. Um, it was just something that was on my life and it was just, you know, where he placed me and and what he's called me to do. And so you have to understand, you have to get to the point where you know who you are and you know whose you are. And once you do that, then allow God to do it. Um, Oftentimes we try to get in the way. Oftentimes we try to tell God what we're going to do and what, you know, what's going to happen. You know, I was supposed to be a judge right now, but God said, okay, no, I, I, you got other things. I have other plans for you. I have other things for you to do. And so just allow God to use you, allow God to lead you. Um, you know, I was the queen of rebellion. Like I, I mean, I literally was like, no, I'm not doing this. When I first realized I was supposed to go into ministry and um, in any capacity and um, look at where I am now. Right. And so <laughs> it's easier just to say, yes. Um, but just, 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 just continue to, to strive for, you know, cause continue to keep yourself in alignment, continue to strive for the best, continue to strive for excellence in all that you do, do it in excellence as unto the Lord. Um, and just know that God got you. It, there's nothing that you have done. There's nothing that you have said. There's nothing. God has you. 
So whatever it is, dream big. Go back to your dreams that you've had before. Nothing is too big. Go back to the hard things. We ask God for easy stuff. We ask God for small stuff. Go back to the hard thing where you can say it's nobody but God and watch God do it for you. Mm. And that's it. Amen. Wonderful conversation. It absolutely has. I've enjoyed it. And of course, I am proud of you. (laughs) Thanks. I'm very proud of you, and I want to thank everybody who joined tonight for Hashtag Friday Night Chats. This is definitely a calling from God and my assignment, and the people that he has charged me to invite to the platform has been, oh, just tremendous in the past, and now going forward, it gets even bigger because God has something for all of us to do. We all have an assignment, and so... Thank you for being a part of this time that he has carved out for us. Amen. 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 All right. All hearts and minds are clear. Feeling good? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for this evening, God. Thank you for all of the things that we have learned about leadership and organizational leadership, succession planning, God, strategy, all of those things, God, relationship leadership. Oh my goodness. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you for teaching us about context, God. Thank you for giving us our orders to go further and go deeper in your name, God. Thank you for that element of change management and what we can do. How do we own our strategy and how do we play that part as part of the design plan you have for us, that is goodness. That is goodness, God. That's goodness. You are, it is you who gives us the future, a future and a hope. So we just want to thank you right now for this. And thank you for, for Ebony Naris as she brought her knowledge to the table. And we are careful to give you the praise and the glory. Amen and amen. amen. All right, guys. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay. All right, let's see. Thank you, Ebony. Good night. Thank you, everyone. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see if I can do.